0: parents' rights are under attack? We've been lied to about the IRS. And why are people suddenly talking about insects as meals? I'm your host, Zach, and this is Zach's Fact Shack. Hello, and welcome back to Zach's Fact Shack. We have a lot to talk about today, and I'm really excited. Um, First, I want to let you know, as of the last episode that was up, our YouTube channel is now live and it is ready for you to go like, subscribe, and comment on the episodes to let us know what you think about it, sharing it with your friends is just another way to be able to get to people, be able to let them hear what we're seeing, what we're finding, what we're understanding. You can still find us in all of the usual places. That's Spotify, Apple. Stitcher, Amazon, Anchor, all the places we're still, we're still there. You can find us at com. That's going to be the quickest and easiest way to find us. You have a link there to YouTube as well. If you don't want to go there, you can go to YouTube and simply search for Zach's Fact Shack. And there you will be able to find our channel and last week's episode. So let's go ahead and let's see if we can't get started. I have run into a few videos on TikTok that I wanted to bring to your attention that have kind of made me wonder about a few things. And what we have right now is, in my opinion, a threat to parental rights. What, what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean is this. The Equality Act, which thankfully has not been passed, but is always lurking in the background of the Democratic Party's platform. Now you say the Equality Act. Why would you say thankfully it's not been passed? Well, because of what the Equality Act does. So the Equality Act simply states that sexual orientation, sexual identity, um, things like that, are equal to race. In that, in the same way that race is immutable. It's something that you're born with you can't avoid it it's real, correct like you know if, if if you have darker skin than me, right you would say that you might be black, you might be African American, you might be uh, Hispanic, you might be Native American whatever it is right you you might be any one of these things and it's because of what we as a human race have decided to qualify as a thing which is race. Basically, all that race is, is it quantifies a set of characteristics such as this, your skin color, your hair color, the way that your sh- eyes, your face is shaped, your eyes, your nose, your mouth, your lips, your hair, whatever. All of these things are found to be in, predominantly in a group of people that if you have this these characteristics, we we have decided that that is race. Now, what we do know about race is that what we've classified as race, these things are immutable. You do not have a choice in whether you have uh, dark skin, light skin, brown skin, red skin, yellow skin, white skin, purple skin, right? You don't have a choice in this. It is down to the genetics of your body as to what you look like, right? It's it, your mom and your dad had these genetics. They came together. That's you, right? That's you, we don't have a say so in that. So what we know is that people have long attacked other groups of people for the very fact that they're other, they're different, they're separate, they're odd, they're weird, they're whatever, right? The people have lived in bigotry. They've lived in hatred. We've experienced this. We've seen this. We understand this. We've read our history books. We get this, right? This is a thing that has happened, is happening, and will continue to happen. We understand that, right? What the Equality Act does is it's simply a name because it doesn't actually do what you would think according to the name. What it ends up doing is because it equates sexual identity and sexual orientation with race, it means that there are certain rights that you have right now that would be eliminated off the bat, just immediately gone. Um, there's an article that I have here from the Heritage Foundation, which is admittedly a conservative foundation, um, but it's the only article I could find to explain what I'm trying to say. So let me read a paragraph here for you and kind of make you understand what I'm talking about. They, they, They said, the Equality Act adds sexual orientation and gender identity to race as protected classes under existing civil rights law thus making it illegal to discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity in the same way that it is illegal to discriminate on the basis of race. In doing so, it presumes that transgender identity is real in the same way that race is real. This presumes, in other words, that just as being black or white is an objective, unchosen, and permanent aspect of one's identity, a transgender woman really is is a woman, just as much as someone who is biologically female. And a transgender man really is a man, just as much as someone who is biologically male. Under the Equality Act, failing to treat a transgender woman the same way that you would treat a biological female counts as discrimination, as does acting in line with the belief that maleness and femaleness are biological realities, even when it comes to the way that parents educate and raise their own children the compromise of the Fairness for All Act is no better. While it carves out limited religious exemptions, the substance of the bill is otherwise the same. It still defines belief in basic biological truths as bigoted and does nothing for the many people whose objections are based on science and common sense rather than religion. Now, what I mean by this is, with, with, with this quote that's coming from this this page what we what we're under, what, what it's saying is simply this: we understand from time immemorial that there are two genders because there are two sexes, male and female. What we know is that you have a in a sexual species. You have your male and the female. You have the, the 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 female is the one who is able to bear young, um, whether that is through eggs, whether that's through uh, live birth, as in the case of most mammals. These are all things that we understand and equate to the female body. We understand that people can be confused. People can believe certain things about their body. They can believe in uh, certain things that... Scientifically, biologically, just aren't real. They're not. It's not really there, right? I can believe that I am entirely too skinny and should eat more, and because I am just incredibly unhealthy, uh, unhealthily skinny. Anybody who knows me knows that that is absolutely not based in reality. It's just not. I am five foot seven on a good day, right? I am. I am not overly tall but I'm also nearly 280 pounds. Now, if you calculate out all those numbers, blah, 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 it says that I am morbidly obese. That's what the doctors say. That's what the nurses say. That's what science says. And it doesn't matter what I believe. It doesn't matter what I think. That's reality. People will say that, oh, but you can be healthy and fat. And then maybe that's true maybe that's true but I, what i can tell you is that be, be just based on the, the, the my size i have complications that i shouldn't have to live with but because of choices of my own and sometimes in some in some cases not choices of my own fighting with my own genetics again right sometimes things do make it harder for you to do what you know you should do, and to live in such a way that you are able to do what you know you should do, right? I am one of those people that I am objectively overweight. I am objectively not in a good, healthy shape. And it does not matter what I think, what I feel. That is reality. Now, let's go back to transgenderism and the idea that someone can say, I feel this way. I think I am this way. That is not reality. It simply isn't. And it's not a loving thing to do whenever you try to affirm that. Affirming someone into a Harmful, dangerous action is not love. It's not caring, and it is not the way that we, especially as believers, it's not the way that we should be handling any of this. Now, what started me down this road of what of talking about this and wanting to bring this in is the attack on parental rights. Well, and you're like, how do I get to that that understanding? How do I get to that belief from from what I've already talked about? Well, I get to this pretty quickly and pretty simply based off of some information that we have in that, well, first off, let me play a video for you to, to maybe help you understand what I'm talking about. So just let's, let's watch this. Look, another
1: helpful question. Kids have to go to the pediatrician a certain number of times for the first few years of their life to make sure they get fully vaccinated or growing on time Uh, development is as it needs to be yada 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 at the three year checkup they ask a question to see if the children know the difference so the pediatrician looked at bug and she said are you a boy or a girl bug looked her in the eye and said I'm a girl The doctor kind of looked at me I was like all right never heard about it before but whatever And ever since that day, she has told us that she's a girl. A little under a year ago, she started correcting us on her pronouns. I'm not a him. I'm a her. Don't call me he. Mommy, I'm not he. I'm she. It has been two and a half years now that she has been out. I told her father when I figured she was getting close to telling him herself. Didn't want him to respond poorly.
0: So... I show you this video because I, she kind of explains what I'm talking about. She is correct. Children do go to the doctor multiple times as, you know, as kids from birth on up, right? There is multiple checkups you go to. You, ha- you get these vaccines. You get these shots. You get all this treatment, right? As you're growing, you're making sure that everybody's healthy and doing well, stuff like that. That's all happening. But there is a question that is asked that I find interesting. And it's simply, are you a boy or a girl? And it happens, apparently, around the age of three. Now, I don't know how many three-year-olds you've talked to, but the three-year-olds that I have talked with have all been under the illusion, been under the understanding that they are dinosaurs or astronauts or Barbies or horses, Um, they have a very, very strong imagination. But we're going to sit here and ask this question, which I think may have started out with all good intent, right? to say hey have you developed mentally enough to know that hey are you a boy or a girl right because we know what boys and girls are have you figured that out have you developed enough has your parents talked to you have they trained you and taught you the re- the truths of reality right these are things that we are asking but i think it is possibly going to be used in a different way in a way that is not so good let me show you this clip and he kind of explains what i'm what i'm talking about
2: Alright, I need to know if any parents of young kids have had this same experience. So we just took my three-year-old son in the doctor for a checkup. My three-year-old son. Okay, there's a reason why I'm emphasizing that and you're about to know why. So my wife and I are waiting in the room with our son and the doctor comes in and he sees my son sitting there on the table and the first question that he asks him is, are you a boy or are you a girl? And I look at my wife like, what the? So luckily my son understands obvious tenets of biology at three years old and says that he's a boy, just like his chart says. So the rest of the appointment, I can't even focus because I'm wondering why in the world this guy is asking the question. And then I remember, oh yeah, I live in California. And call me paranoid, but this is where I think we're heading based on other things that have happened. An Ohio couple lost custody of their teenager for refusing them hormone treatment. And a divorced Texas couple were in a court battle over whether or not to let their seven-year-old transition from a boy to a girl. And many are saying that the new proposed Equality Act could lead to more parents losing custody of their kids who want gender transition. So again, call me paranoid, but I'm wondering if the doctor is asking the question of my son to see if he can establish a pattern over time that shows that my son wants to be a girl. But here's the thing. My son is three. I'm not even gonna let him choose what he wants for dinner. And some days, my son thinks he's a dinosaur. But I'm not gonna let him transition to a dinosaur. And being in California, this is probably gonna happen to people like me first. But I don't think it's gonna be long before we start seeing parents lose custody of their young kids because they're not letting them transition to the opposite gender and I think pediatricians are going to be the ones who are going to start calling it out.
0: So, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm saying. Again, I stand here with with the same sentiment of this dad, of this father who's saying, maybe I'm paranoid. Maybe this is not a real thing. Maybe I'm just oversensitized by the media, by social media, whatever. I fully acknowledge that that is a possibility. But what I also acknowledge is that... uh, a big possibility is exactly my what my paranoia is. Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean that you're not right. And my fear is that this innocent question, this thing that doctors use to simply gauge the understanding of reality of your child will be used by po- po- political elites, political activist to tell everyone that, nah, at three years old, your son said he was a girl. And if you don't treat him like a girl, you're going to lose him. And by treating him like a girl, you have to put him on puberty blockers. You have to castrate him. You have to have him have gender affirming surgery, which is the absolute dumbest name of everything. It's not gender affirming. It's body mutilating. Here's the thing. If gender is just a social construct, why in the world do we need to change a child's body to match social constructs? That makes no sense. Let the boy be what it is, right? If he thinks he's a girl, he can go do what he wants. Why does he need to have the body to match? What you're talking about is personality differences, not actual biological differences. It just is. There's a, there's a video, it's a, it's a little bit longer, from Jordan Peterson that talks about this, and I'll, I'll, I'll play it in a second. But I want you to think about that, 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 that maybe it's not transgender, maybe it's not gender-fluid, Maybe, just maybe, what it actually is is a personality difference. It genuinely is just your feelings. And you are trying to assign your feelings to something more than that. Maybe that's what it is. Let's see what Jordan Peterson has to say. You know,
3: if someone asked me, do I believe that there are gender-fluid people? I would say yes. And I would say a man who's... A young man who's gender fluid, I I know what he's like temperamentally. He's high in agreeableness, he's high in neuroticism, so he has a feminine temperament, he's more interested in people than things, and he's extremely high in openness. And so his temperament is fluid, Mm -hmm. he's creative, and so he's one thing one day and one thing the next, and his fundamental temperament is tilted towards the feminine. But that doesn't mean he's not a man. Right, exactly. So exactly. that's and then so it's murky thinking. So that's exactly you, right. It's it's certainly the case that one out of ten women now it depends on where you put the cutoff, mm-hmm. I would say. But you could say with reasonable certainty that one in ten women has a masculine temperament and one in ten men has a feminine temperament. And so that's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And those people, especially if they're also creative, mm-hmm. well they're they're kind of at a loss in relationship to what to do with their identity because they're polled First of all, they have a hard time catalyzing their identity. Creative people have a hard time mm-hmm. catalyzing mm-hmm. it. It's like the definition of creativity. They're protean. Mm-hmm. And so there there are be, have been people who play at the edges of gender identity forever. And fair enough. And sometimes that's even admirable if it's done in a sophisticated way. And it's charismatic. So you see it in Mick Jagger. You see it in David Bowie. Mm-hmm. You see it... And you see it in people like Madonna as well, because Madonna had a hard edge, you know, that was very (laughs) masculine. And all the Marvel superhero women have a hard masculine edge. And so we find that charismatic because those people are also integrated. But the, the notion that there's such a thing as gender, that's not right. There's variability in personality and temperament. And the idea that, right. that, that there's no such thing as biological sex, that's, a, that's, that's, that's just insanity. insane. It's insanity.
2: They've, they've, mm. they've abstracted gender from sex and then read gender back into yeah. sex is more important than sex. Well, and
3: then insane. why insist upon the biological modifications? Right. If there's no such thing as sex, it's like, well, what? then just act out your role.
0: So, I play this because I, I, I want you to think about it. I want you to think, is there is there really gender fluid or is it more likely that in fact it's actually just personality you know we 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 all know people that are far more feminine in their in their actions right their 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 feelings their their Aggressiveness—it falls far more on what would be statistically a feminine understanding, right? A a feminine personality, and you have you have women who are equally on a more masculine personality type. Again, statistically, because there's a lot of variation between all humans, right? Between all people, there's a lot of variation, but statistically, by and large, these are the categories that we put people in because. They do work, right? If you take women at large, right, statistically, the whole world of women, you'll find that statistically they're more agreeable than all men who are more aggressive, right? Again, you have extremes on both ends of this bell curve, right? You have men who are extremely agreeable and women who are extremely aggressive. But Whenever you get to the full extremes of these bell curves, it's why, for the most part, the most evil men, like the the, the, the most wanteds, right, are almost entirely and exclusively men, right, because they fall on that aggressive extreme and they go higher on that, right, where women do not. That does not mean that they can't, but statistically, they don't. Perhaps, maybe, just maybe, what we see is personality, not gender. Maybe it really is that when a girl acts like a boy while she's growing up, she really is just a tomboy. And she's just a little more aggressive, right? She's a little more competitive. She's a little more energetic than the average typical girl. But if you leave her be, and you let her grow up, and you let her make these choices— Maybe, just maybe, she's still going to be a girl and she's going to grow into a woman because that's what the human species does. If you are born a boy, you grow up and you become a man. The same thing happens for girls. If you are born a girl, you grow up, become a woman. That's how that works. And the idea that somehow we have created this, this gender construct that is demanding and oppressive i don't see that in re- based in reality i don't see that being what's genuinely happening what's really going on what i see is that a political party and the leaders of that party and political activists have decided to use to their advantage a group of people they can manipulate. That's what it seems like to me. And if you think I'm talking about just Democrats, hold up. I have a whole other story coming up that's going to talk about what the Republicans are doing to do this exact same thing. But in this instance, on this story, it is the Democratic Party, at least the leadership and the political activists who are having their voices heard left and right and everywhere. These people are absolutely using and abusing people who are genuinely confused, who need genuine help. And that that angers me. Why, why would anybody think that that was okay? Why is that suddenly okay to do? Why is it that, why is it, Why is it okay to abuse a vulnerable group of people? Because that is exactly what the leaders of the Democratic Party and the political activists on the left, that is exactly what they're doing. And before you say that I'm being entirely biased, don't worry, I have a lot more to talk about on the Republicans with this next story that I'm going to bring up now. Here's the thing. We have seen the so-called Inflation Reduction Act being passed, right? That has now been signed into law. It now, besides the fact that it doesn't reduce inflation at all, in fact, increases it. um, It's another one of those misnomers, right? Another one of those wrongly named things. This is what I'm upset about, what I want to talk about. This is what we know. We know that there were $80 billion assigned to the IRS, and they're supposed to be used to pay for uh, 87,000 new agents, new technology new supplies, whatever. Like it's $80 billion budget increase for this department, the IRS. Now, it is interesting that that is happening. It does seem like that just simply means that poorer uh, citizens will simply be given um, more audits because uh, the IRS does disproportionately audit those with a lower income bracket because it's easier, right? If if you are poor and you don't have the ability to uh, hire a lawyer or to have an accountant that can work all kinds of magic and keep track of all the paperwork that's doing all of this magic, it is harder. It absolutely is harder to uh, stay on the right side of the law when it comes to taxes, right? Most people are doing their dead level best to pay their taxes and they're not trying to cheat anybody, right? They're just simply trying to make ends meet, pay their taxes where they can, where they need to, and and just move on, right? But disproportionately, the IRS uh, uh, audits the lower income brackets because they don't know what they don't know right? It's really easy to misstep with the extremely complicated nature of our tax code, right? Do, do I fall in this bracket or is it is it that bracket? But what if I have this deduction and is does is do they still count on theirs? Was this a donation that can be, de- and it's so confusing, right? And the only people who know are the IRS agents who may or may not be in a good mood when they come to look at your documents. But if you are in a wealthier bracket, you have all the bells and whistles. You have everything tied up and put away. You have the ability to hire a lawyer to fight the IRS who's coming and claiming you're, claiming that you did something illegal. You have the ability to uh, uh, hire the... Um, uh, accountants to keep track of everything for you, right? You have that ability when the poor people don't. So that's why the IRS audits those who are in poor classes. So now that we're adding 87,000 new people to this, do you honestly think that they're going to suddenly just say, nope, you have to audit people with a lot of money? No, of course not. Now they just make it even easier to audit the lower income brackets, which means that they're likely going to increase that the number of audits to the low income brackets. Now, that's bad enough. But if you follow anything on social media, you end up with a news story or accusations being given by the Republicans or the, those on the right, the political activists on the right. And they say, they're saying that this is horrid, and it's terrible, and it's because the, the IRS is going to go and kill people. Now, I will admit that I fell for a lot of this when I was reading it online, and I was angry, and I was furious, but I have it right now on a side-by-side on here, so if you're watching, great. If not, I'll read this to you so you understand on audio, and it's a tweet with a screenshot of an IRS job application. Now, let me read the, the tweet. It says the IRS is hiring new special agents. Requirements include working a minimum of 50 hours per week, which may include irregular hours, and be on call 24-7, including holidays and weekends, and carry a firearm and be willing to use deadly force if necessary. Now, immediately once this took place, the right erupted in rage and anger saying that these 87,000 agents were going to be brought in and they're they're being brought in to be jack thugs they're they're, they're jack booted thugs right they're just going to come in and they're going to just beat the doors down of all these innocent people and it's going to be awful and horrible and it's going to be the, it's, it's going to be it's going to be the Nazi regime all over again right that's what the political activists on the right and many political leaders in the Republican party are also saying this so I had to go and investigate and see have IRS agents ever been armed before or is this new well let me let me show you what I get this is a this this first part is a Cora uh, uh, answer and we're gonna this is the best information I could find and we're going to go back to a uh, news article in a second but I wanted to read this further revenue agents. Do not go out to homes and businesses, knocking on doors, filing tax liens, and conducting auctions to sell seized property. Those are revenue officers. So, revenue agents, RAs, conduct tax audits. They're the ones who actually come in and just make your life miserable while they go through all your uh, dirty secrets and your financial records the revenue officers, ROs, perform collection actions such as seizing property. Neither of these agents have guns. RAs and ROs do not carry guns. But, but, special agents of the criminal investigation division perform criminal investigations of alleged tax fraud. They carry guns and kick down go- doors because they are federal law enforcement, just like the special agents at the FBI. When an RA uncovers what appears to be criminal tax fraud, he refers the case to special agents in CID. When an RA or an RO needs an armed escort, it is not the special, uh, the special agents in CID who provide it. Armed escorts are provided by equally well-armed special agents in the TIGTA, the Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration. The TIGTA is a little tiny agency whose sole mission is to prevent corruption at the IRS. In the old days, they were IRS Internal Affairs, but they were spun off so that now they report directly to the Secretary of the Treasury and not to anyone at the IRS. People at the IRS are scared of TIGTA the way regular people are scared of the IRS. So that is the information that I have. Now, I want to go back. Let me go back here, and I'll show you this graphic again. What does it say? The IRS is hiring new special agents. Now, if you were like me, and you're just a layperson, and you don't have any extra knowledge about the IRS and how it works because you avoid them wherever you can, right? You don't want to make waves. Don't want to be bothered. Just go away. Shoo, leave me alone. I'm innocent. I don't want to be bothered, right? That's, that is everybody's view of the IRS, that they are just absolutely the worst thing to be around. You don't want to be around them. You don't want them around. Just leave you alone, right? The IRS has multiple types of agents. And what they're hiring here are special agents who have always carried guns. They have always carried weapons. Now, the, the right, the, the political right, the, the political activists on the right, the leaders of the political party of the Republicans have been desperately trying to spin this into the IRS becoming the new SS, right? That they are going to uh, just absolutely kill everyone and become this horrid, evil thing. Now, I'm not saying that that isn't going to happen. Nobody knows. But what I am saying is that just like I'm tired of the left manipulating people who are vulnerable with transgenderism, I'm tired of the right manipulating people who are vulnerable because they're terrified of the actual injustices that are taking place at the hands of the current administration. The truth is bad enough. You don't have to lie. So stop it. This is annoying. You should know better. People who I've looked up to for a long time, I thought they were great senators or great representatives or whatever, great people in general, have been holding the water of this misinformation, This lie. And don't get me wrong. This tweet that I have up right now is genuine. It is real. The post was made. The uh, job posting was made. And it was later taken down by the IRS after a huge backlash. It was really bad timing, I guess. But the IRS was really happy because they were about to get new agents. And they put up postings to say, hey, come get your job. I'm not saying that the IRS is this wonderful, amazing place. I don't, I, I have my own beliefs on whether that the IRS should even exist or not. But what I do know is this that the right and the political right, the political activists, the leaders of the Republican Party are, in my opinion, knowingly, or if they're not knowingly, maybe they're not, maybe it is unknowingly, then they're incompetent and they have not done the research that I just did. Now, again, like I said, I admit that I absolutely fell for this argument when I first read everything that was coming out. I did, I admit it. But what I'm coming to you right now is saying that I was wrong. The information that I have found so far says that this is nothing new, that there is nothing new about hiring special agents, that there is a criminal task force division of the IRS. And there always has been. So how about we stop lying? You good with that? Because I would, I would love that to be the case. Let's do that instead. I just, I, I don't understand how people can accept this. So I did want to say that the the National Review, which again is a conservative posting, they say that they have an article titled, IRS Deletes Job Posting Seeking Applicants Willing to Use Deadly Force. The IRS deleted a job posting Wednesday seeking a special agent willing to use deadly force. The deletion came amid renewed scrutiny of the IRS in response to a Democrat-backed spending bill that would double the size of the agency. As a special agent, you will combine your accounting skills with law enforcement skills to investigate financial crimes. No matter what the source, all income earned, both legal and illegal, has the potential of becoming involved in crimes which fall within the investigative jurisdiction of the IRS criminal investigation. Uh, Because of the expertise required to conduct these complex financial investigations, IRS special, special agents are considered the premier financial investigators for the federal government. The major duties listed in the job description include a level of fitness necessary to to effectively respond to life-threatening situations on the job and and being willing and able to participate in arrests, execution of warrants, and other dangerous assignments. It also included a requirement for carrying a firearm and being willing to use deadly force if necessary. Special agents in the CI team are not new and have been trained to handle handguns, shotguns, and long guns for years. Agents are issued one handgun for their career, According to the Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration, the IRS 2021 annual budget, our annual report highlights that the CI team focuses on crimes including identity theft, general tax fraud, cyber crimes, international crimes, and more. The CI team also has special agents attached, or special agent attaches, stationed in 11 foreign countries. The post was deleted Monday after the job notice was shared on Twitter by documentarian Ford Fisher garnering thousands of interactions. The IRS did not immediately respond to an inquiry from the National Review asking why they deleted the job posting. The Democrat-backed Spending bill, the so called Inflation Reduction Act, was narrowly passed on Sunday by the Senate with Vice President Kamala Harris casting the decisive, the decisive vote. The bill allocates $79.6 billion to the IRS over the next 10 years to enhance the agency, including funding for taxpayer services, enforcement operations support, and business systems modernization. So there you have it. That is the information that we have for the IRS. That article tells you, just like I've just told you now that the special agents that this is talking about have been around for a long time and have been trained with weapons for a long time. Do I particularly like that we're adding more agents? No, I don't. But what I will say is I'm tired of people lying to me to get me angry and get me worked up about something that genuinely is not important. It's just not. Now, I want to cover a couple more things, and I'm I'm, I'm I know that the, the episode is going a little bit long. So let me talk about this one thing first. And this is this is from uh, a, a tweet that I found on Apple. So apparently, Apple has internally been testing injecting ads into more apps. You see it here online. Uh, uh, beside me. I'll, I'll read the tweet out to you. Uh, ads outside the App Store, regardless of how Apple's PR team decides to spin it, with talking points, just overwhelmingly degrades the very reason so many people choose Apple and its services. Apple don't do this. I would, I would tend to agree. I think that it would be a horrible idea for Apple to do this. I think that he's right. Having ads everywhere you look is a Google thing. That is an Android thing. That is not Apple. It's one of the biggest reasons that a lot of people actually use Apple. They like to not be bothered by all of the ads everywhere, all of the extra uh, apps, the bloatware, right? We don't want all this stuff. Why are you doing this? Let me read the article that was attached to that tweet from Mac Rumors. It says Apple is aiming to triple its ad revenue from $4 billion per year to double digits. Uh, by expanding its advertising in more apps, according to Bloomberg's Mark Gurman. Currently, Apple ads appear in App Store app searches, where developers pay for promoted spots, in results, as well as more standard ads that appear in the news and stock apps. Apple also generates revenue with commercials during MLB Friday Night Baseball streams, but now the company wants to, to, wants to go bigger by expanding its ad presence across iPhone and iPad apps. In the latest edition of its Power On Newsletter, German writes of his Power On newsletter, German writes that Apple's VP of advertising platforms, Todd Teresi, I hope I pronounced that correctly, Wants to triple current ad revenue, and the first move to achieve that could be to bring ads to the Maps app. Apple has internally tested adding sponsored spots in Maps search results, reports Gurman. And if it does roll them out to Maps users, it could just be the beginning of a wider expansion. German speculates that Apple could also bring ads to the digital storefronts of its books and podcast apps, while even more lucrative revenue driver could be Apple TV+. Plus, If the company was to follow the lead of Netflix and Disney+, Plus by providing an ad-supported tier, Apple has already announced it will be expanding its advertising business reach in the App Store with new placements coming to the Today screen as well as to individuals' app pages, which will allow developers to pay for slots outside of the search tab and search results for the first time. However, Apple will be aware that even a gentle creep into the areas of Apple software could mar the premium experience that users expect of its devices, while also leaving it open to increased criticism over its app tracking transparency framework, which has, by some accounts, had a substantial negative impact on both large and small businesses. The, ad, the, the, the article continues. I'm just going to put this out there. Apple, please don't do it. Please. I'm begging you. I don't want any more ads. I have them everywhere. I don't need them. I pay YouTube to get rid of them. If I could avoid the ads, I would avoid the ads. Please don't add them to my life. I don't need any more. I I think that everybody listening, I think you would agree with me. Please, Apple, don't do it. Or begging you, don't do it. Now, one last thing. And it's simply this. Why are so many people suddenly trying to get you to eat bugs? Have you have you been noticing this? So everywhere I go on social media, at some point, I see an image. I see a picture. I see somebody sharing something, talking about people saying, hey, did you know that grasshoppers are like 4 billion times more nutritious than uh, uh, beef? I'm just like, no, I didn't know that. And I wasn't particularly too keen to find out either but I have come to find that it's already begun. At least it appears to be. And if you have information on this, I would love to know. I'm going to put up a picture for you and let you see online uh, on the, the video. If you can't see, I'll explain to you what's going on. So this is a tweet that simply says, starting to slip the bugs in. And it is a bag of what says cheddar cheese puffs. I can't quite make out the brand, but it simply says nutritious, sustainable, delicious. That's 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 the tagline on it. And in the ingredients, it these are interesting ingredients because, you know, if you ever go into ingredients, they're always terrifying. But it simply says that puff is organic corn, meal flour, lentil flour, fava bear flour. I'm not sure what that is rice flour, and organic cricket flour. I don't know about you, but have you ever heard of a plant called cricket? I haven't. I have only ever heard of a bug called cricket. That's cricket flour. That's my understanding. I have not found any information to back that, that up yet, but I do know that Beyond that, I have seen a lot of posts where people are talking about they want you to begin to eat insects because of sustainability. That keeping large farms of cattle up and alive and going is causing great, horrible, terrible, no good, very bad climate change. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you whether it is or not. I don't know. But what I do know is life's going to have to get real bad. I mean, real bad before I'm going to be willing to eat a cricket. I like steak. And if you're looking at me, you know that I like food. I, I uh, Everybody says, oh, you're a picky eater. What's wrong with you? He's like eh, I don't want to be. I've never wanted to be a picky eater. I prefer food and a lot of it. I like food. My problem is is that if it don't taste right, I don't want to eat it. I can't help but I don't like it. I'd prefer to be able to eat it, but I'm not going to eat something that's not good. I think it's a, I love to quote um, the food critic from Ratatouille. If it's not good, I don't swallow, right? It's like this really creepy guy. Um, turns out to be a dude, great dude at the end of the movie. Awesome movie. If you haven't seen it, I do like that movie. You should go watch it. But. I, I I quote them all the time because it's accurate. I'll try a lot of things, but once I've tried it and it ain't good, I'm not going back. You get one try and that's it. You don't make up. You, you don't work. Sorry, tough. Too bad. Not going to do it again. But you will be happy to know in my own personal life, I'm eating more salads. I didn't think I'd ever say that. I've never liked them, but they're either I'm getting old in my taste buds and my taste buds are finally maturing and turning, getting out of being a child. I don't know, but I'm finally getting to like salads. Don't get too excited. I am starting slowly here, but I have I've digressed, digressed, digressed. Oh dear. Digressed long enough. Let me go back. I want to read an article from John Locke that's, simply titled, Elites Want You to Eat Bugs. For those of you who haven't heard, cattle and pork are threats to the environment. The farms that raise them are foul greenhouse gas offenders. Better say our our superiors that we settle for a nice bowl of insects instead. A recent New York Times opinion feature headlined, The Joy of Cooking Insects, looks at our broken food system and the three chances you get to help fix it and save the planet every day. A growing tribe of environmentalists, uh, academics, and entrepreneurs are arguing that edible insects must enjoy a wider acceptance to help create a more sustainable global food system. The World Economic Forum claims eating insects could reduce climate change since our consumption of animal protein is the source of greenhouse gases. The same organization has also said we need to start nurturing and eating weeds, which can be nutritious and tasty if we know which ones to pick. Again, the greenhouse gases emitted by animal farming is the reason we need to go on a North Korean diet, just another sacrifice we have to make to keep Gaia healthy. The phrase, let them eat cake, has been attributed to Marie -Marie Antoinette. Whether she or an unnamed great princess of France said it, it's its disregard for hunger, hungry and sometimes starving peasants was clear. The royal class was going to continue to dine sumptuously, at least until they lost their heads in the revolution, and the rest were going to have to do with less. Aside from a few adventurous eaters among the west ruling class, we don't expect bugs and weeds to be, become part of our moral superiors' daily provisions." They will continue to eat beef, pork, fish, and yes, cake. These are the elitists who fly the world in private jets while insisting the rest of us stay home to minimize our carbon footprints. Now, I will be the first to admit that that article was very cheeky um, and absolutely uh, took one side of the argument for sure. It was not down the middle, but I did enjoy it. And it was quite funny. Um the reason I wanted to read that article in particular is simply this. It is, the, uh, it is the understanding of this, that if having these animals, having the animals that we are uh, raising and farming and slaughtering, that, that that's somehow causing this, these greenhouse emissions, and it's very bad for the, the planet, we're all going to die, whatever the story is, right? And I'm not denying that whether global that the climate change is happening or what, I, I'm not making any, any appeal to that at the moment. What I am simply saying is this. It, if we've learned anything, it's that carbon quotas, carbon taxes, carbon credits, whatever you want to call it, Um, greenhouse emission caps, the, all, those all apply solely to the, Core. That's it. Because the people who go to these things, to these um, symposiums, these conferences, these summits all over the world, referring to the climate, right? Where they're talking about how we're going to fix the climate, how we're going to make everything better, and how we're going to make everything uh continue to grow and flourish and not not have all humans die they always go in private jets private yachts private jets let's just i just need to say that again some of the most fuel inefficient things ever right and yet they're telling us that we can't we can't even buy lawnmowers that are not electric Begin, I think it's beginning in 2030. Might even be sooner than that in California, right? Where you have to have battery-operated uh, lawnmowers in California soon. See, the elite aren't worried about that. They'll never have to deal with battery-powered lawnmowers. They're just going to hire somebody to cut the grass. They don't care if it's battery or not. They never worry about it. They don't care about greenhouse emissions because that's for the plebes, that's for the poor, that's for the peasants to deal with. Now, before you think that I'm sitting here spouting marks, I'm not. What I am spouting is that I would just like to have people be real. I would like to see people not lying to me left and right. See, that's that has been the theme of this episode is I'm fed up with the lying on the left and the right. I want you to tell me reality and stop spinning it. I don't want the spin anymore. I don't want your perfect world that you're casting, right? I don't want the left's dystopia. I don't want the right's utopia. I don't want any of it. I want reality. And if you're not willing to give it to me, I'm going to find it on my own and I'm going to share it here with everybody who's listening. Now, I do want to give a shout out to one of my friends. I'm not going to name him, but I do want to give a uh, a shout out to a friend of mine who informed me that in previous episodes that I've done, I have not been as unbiased as I could have been. And I I agree. I I agree wholeheartedly. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I am unbiased. I'm not. I have my biases. I have the things that I'm going to say and I'm going to do, right? But I do want this show to bring facts. That's why it's called Zach's Fact Shack. I don't want this to be just a show of opinions, right? You will get my opinions. You will get that. That's why you're listening to me. But I want to give you facts and reality. I don't want... All of the spin and all the crazy, and as I grow and as I do this, I hope that you understand that that's my goal. I may show my biases every now and again. I I don't mean to, but I will go ahead and preemptively tell you now: I am absolutely a constitutional conservative. That's where I fall. Am I a Republican? No, I am not. Am I a Democrat? Nope, not that one either. I sit firmly on my own, and I vote for the people who I think. Will do the job the best. And that does not always equal one party or another. But I just wanted you to know, and I did want to shout out to my friend who was who was brave enough to tell me this truth, right? I know a lot of people who are like, I can't approach you, I can't tell you this. I want you to be able to approach me. I want you to be able to give me critiques. And hopefully you understand that I truly will take that to heart and I will do my best to fix what I can. Now. We are at the end of the show. We are, y'all did a great job. You know, this was a little bit longer of an episode, but we covered several things on here. So we're going to have to leave it here, but I can't wait to see you guys next time. Don't forget, we're on YouTube now. You can go find us. You can go to zacksfackshack.com, follow the link there, or go search for us online. But until next time, I'm Zach, your host of Zach's Fact Check.